Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. The wire. Dividing the sides and defining the lines. The motions mixed into twine. Keeping prisoners from escaping their lot to drawing between wars that we fought. Keeping cattle from wandering astray or a project that renders to keep working on all day. What has it seen? What has it heard? Is it an instrument in the wind or a perch for a bird? Untouched by cold, impervious to fire. A silent sin. It's simply barbed wire. Unfortunately, in the line of work that we find ourselves in, keeping cattle where they're supposed to be is pretty much our number one priority. And it's not fun. I, I really, I, I'd say probably 40, 50% of my job on ranches is, has to do with either fencing or corral. Yes, I take pride in building a good one, but I really enjoy the, the feeling of finishing that job more than I enjoy working. And what does this have to do with Caleb? Why are you, why are you talking about fence so much? Well, let me back up a little bit. So I don't know how many of you understand the, the fencing laws in Colorado, but this is a, an open range state. So back when this was a territory, if you wanted to keep others' cattle off of your property, you had a chance to keep them off. It's not necessarily the rancher's ability to keep his cattle on your property. So that works as good for the ranches for a couple of reasons, because if cattle do get out, if there's an injury, if there's an issue like that, the liability goes to the insurance on, like, say, a vehicle damages and stuff like that. Yes, a lot of times ranchers, because we don't like to see our animals get hurt, we don't like seeing people get hurt, we'll take care of all of that stuff. But back when this was just open, wide open country, there was no this fence. The Indians didn't do fence, right? We are, in our hearts, when we first become open there's renegades and buff all sorts of mayhem going on and there's there's no lines to keep us centered where we have to be have you i don't know how many of you guys have seen crossfire trail but imagine this beautiful valley just lush on each side but the 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 minerals and the grass and the water there are just perfect, perfect for every reason there is the best place for cattle to grow to to fulfill their their life's purpose that's like our life with Christ. But before we know Christ, there's nothing that necessarily exists. And when we do accept Christ in our heart, when, when we do start that relationship, finding out where those lines are, where sin is, is part of the relationship we have to build with Christ. What do you have to do to do that? You have to survey. You have to find out where the property boundaries are, right? You can't just build a fence and be like, oh, well, heck, I got to move back over here. That was on the neighbor's place, right? And that's what Scripture is for. That's our survey markers. That's our post. How many of you guys are a little bit renegade? I need more hands up than that. That is not enough hands for the, the kind of people I know are in here. Yep, there we go. There's an honest kid. I like it. Who doesn't like going over fences? It's the adventure. It's the draw to those things. It's the sinful side of our life that pull us to where we're not supposed to. So how am I going to correlate our spiritual life to fences with what kind of fences we need? And this, this also last week, so I've, I've been working over uh, Harry Park, um, southwest of uh, Castle Rock. Uh, usually the ranches that are up against that, like three sides of them will be fenced in their cliff of mountains. Like, I don't know, supposedly, no way that cattle get up over that. But, you know, the true story, they, they often find ways of confusing me and getting out anyway. But the issue over there is it's so close to, to prime elk country that, I mean, it, you think about the life of an elk. They walk around, they walk around, they walk around and eat grass, and they walk around some more. And then they take out Caleb's fence, and they walk around some more. I mean, they're just, they're coolest animals ever. I mean, as an outfitter, as a guide, I, I spend a lot of my life chasing them with hunters. but. And the side of things, I, I've grown to hate them. 
Because you build a brand new fence, boom, it's gone. It'll, all it takes is one exciting afternoon of elk being elk, and your fence is spread out to the wind. The need for fences is you got to keep. You have to keep your yourself, your your purpose, your soul, your heart in a place that's right with God, right? And when you're outside of those trees, you're at odds with your neighbors. You're delving into the the side of life that that Scripture has laid out is not for us to live in, right? It's like, uh, well, this is for my buddy Clay Reynolds. We were talking about this week about Kevin's Watusi bull that Mitch is gonna horn swaggle, <laughs> but. And the, these these analogies, if you, if you don't if you don't get it, don't worry. It's not the best analogy ever. You know, there's a there's only so many things we can talk about in this realm. The good thing about my analogy about fences, this this the stories may not work very well, but it's okay because fences also ne- don't necessarily work that well. <laughs> That's quite a few of you guys. So some of the best fences that that I've ever built or been around or pens are are made out of drill stem. So we got uh, male and female connectors on the end. They screw together. Can, you, we cut them with a torch and, or a plasma cutter. Man, that, those things, thanks for turning me on to those things. Save a lot of time. But, uh, but, man, when they're welded together, that's just about the best and most strongest thing that, that you can build to, to keep cattle contained. What fence is like? Well, to me, a pipe fence, to me, is like murder. Yeah, there's a few times when that would be kind of be a handy thing. To, it's not something I necessarily struggle with. Like, I'm not going to go just jump over a pipe fence. I'm not going to blast through a pipe fence because the Crossing over that side into the wrong side of that fence affects your life in a big way. I mean, that's a big um, robbing a bank. Probably a very optimal way to spend your life. In situations, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are there are choices that we make in life that need artists in, in bigger ways than others, and and that's that's where pens tend tend to to reside in my mind as the absolute do not go. When you're gathering a bunch of cows, you can't load a semi. In a set of pens made out of electric fence, because it doesn't take anything to blow through an fence. You need something that's going to be there, uh, solid and and support weight, support for an extended amount of time. But the problem is, as Robert will tell you, pipe pens take a little while to make. You know, there's a there's a a, a big process, different ways, and this is just kind of a fun fact. But a friend of mine down in in Missouri, he got one of the uh, post pounders that runs a high flow on a skid steer, and he he dug some holes and cemented some pipes in, and then um, hammer drilled some of these other uh, stem into the ground and they hooked onto it with a with a d8 cat and a chain and just pulled them off at ground level to see which one was stouter and driving it into the ground was actually stronger than cementing them into the ground i just thought that was interesting you don't have to pay for that that's extra what's the most common fence that we put up in our boundaries in in life i would say that's probably a lot more like wire it varies in size and amount and depth and height and whether it has ties or not, or whether it's made out of that crappy gaucho wire that's like 20 gauge and stabs you in the face because it springs back like it had a permanent perm or whatever. That doesn't really don't make sense. A permanent perm. I guess that's what it means, right? I guess I don't really say the word perm very much. Sorry, guys. <laughs> to me, those are run-of-the-mill run daily temptations. Lust, anger, selfishness, deceit. That's hard to say. Lawfulness, greed, gluttony. Those are things that we all struggle with daily. Are they any, oh, and I, I forgot to preface this at the beginning. These are not different levels of sin. You guys remember a few years back that um, I brought some actual pieces of drill stem pipe in here, and they were all different heights, different levels. And from, from the side, from the human view, they all seem to be different heights and values and sizes. Look at them from the top, they're all just round pipe. Just remember that. that God, God sees sin as sin, period. Regular four-strand, five-strand fence. Yeah, you can, 
you can run a run amok and and go through that and blow up at your kid and criticize him, if, you know, for his, his poor wing or lack of concentration, baseball or you know your your daughter for not taking out the trash when she was supposed to. A lot of times, those are the fence is not too too hard to get through, but it still requires you to build some better fence. It still requires you to to put that there and remind yourself, hey, these these spiders, I need to not go. It's not where I my heart needs to die. Do not need to spend time in that aspect of life. Cross fencing. Everyone knows what cross fencing. Well, two people know what cross fencing is. That's why your grass is so bad. <laughs> All right. So say you have a section of grass. You turn out yearlings in it, they're going to spend all wherever they want. Yeah, you can bait them here and there by, you know, putting your mineral in different locations. Realize if you do that, the, the grass is going to kill off, or the grass is going to kill off the salt. I said that backwards. The salt's going to kill off the grass. Only so much you can do as far as baiting them into different parts of the pastures to utilize that grass. You can't move your windmill. I mean, Robert can. You're, you're pretty good at pulling windmills. I guess. <laughs> but cross fences have been used for a lot of years to organize cattle into different areas, to make them either in, in an area, let other areas grow back. And in this country out here, that is really grass. So cross-fencing is a lot more, in, in my analogy this morning, suggest things that, say you have some really bad fence in this one corner, and you haven't had the maturity, you haven't had the time, you haven't spent the effort to build that fence up there. Maybe you, let's lock them out of that curve until we can work on that. Yeah, a, a cross-fence is generally pretty poor quality, but it's still there as a reminder, like, hey, you're getting close to the danger zone. You don't need to be over there. What are these gray areas? As Caleb, you just said, sin is sin, right? God looks at us, you know, we're, we're all sinful. And I'm not expecting every one of you to leave here and never sin again, because, man, I'm, I'm a fence jumper. I have problems, like, like every one of you guys do. But in, these, in this realm, what is, what is a cross-fencing referring to? What's something that's really easy, a line that's really easy to cross? Speeding. I bet every one of you drip, you know, wandered over that speed limit on the way here this morning, especially to drive on dirt roads. You know, the speed limit out here for a lot of these roads is like 30, 35 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Got a lot of finger pointing going on this morning. <laughs> but is, is that a law that's been set up by the governing authority? Are we supposed to respect authorities? The speeding full? I mean, that's a whole other thing. They can make an entire, entire service or a, a, a study in series on or not speeding is sinful, but. I would reckon it probably render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and that is respecting the law and the of others. Yeah, electric fence. Who here hates electric fence as much as I do? So I've been helping out some friends uh, over at, well, that, that Perry Park stuff over there. A friend of mine, uh, Bob Welch, is running some cattle on there and owned by county. And back to them for just the grazing rights to keep the grass healthy. Um, if you don't, it just turns into a fire hazard. The dead grass just falls over, covers up the ground, and then slowly over time, your ground quality diminishes because your grass isn't getting grazed or refertilized. So they lease it to to take care of um, the, the property there. But the issue is, is there's since it's county open space, full of bike trails and hikers and people on unicycles and sorts of really strange things that young colts do not like to ride up on in the middle of nowhere. I did not know that they made reflective silver bike suits, but they do. But electric fences have a very unique quality because they hurt like the dickens. Probably the worst, I, oh, I mean, long story, but I, I had the fence here on my left side and I stepped over here and I bent down to pick something and there was a rattlesnake. And I jumped like this and I got about right there and right there. And I don't know what it is about those muscles being tense like that and getting hit with electricity, man. I jumped so far into the air and landed back on that fence. The sky turned magenta just because I wanted to use that word. It was pink. My ears were ringing. I thought I got hit by a bat. I mean, I was 
really confused for a few seconds. But it was a 100-mile charger on a six-acre trap. So it was pretty stout. But electric fences have, if they get grounded out or if they get broken, they're useless. They're pointless. They do absolutely. They're almost invisible. I mean, if you guys have ever uh, doctored wheat pasture cattle, but a lot of that stuff, they'll uh, will roll out just a single strand of electric wire. Um, sometimes they'll put like flags and stuff on it, but like a, a pewter gray wire against the dirt, you cannot hardly see it. Since there's only one really lightweight wire, you don't have to have a lot of posts, right? So the posts we do use are real easy to pull. They're thin, um, oh, I don't know, probably half inch. Uh, steel posts with a blade on the bottom and you can have 50 60 yards between them on a good flat pasture well theoretically if you were to be driving a four-wheeler out through the middle of nowhere and intently watching cattle, you know fever and coughs and bad eyes and stuff and you went right through one of those fences it gets you once but man it pulled that sucker out of the ground and break the fence and all of a sudden you have an entire pasture that is unprotected that wire is absolutely useless without electricity going through it what kind of fence does that, does that correlate to in our life? Because a lot of those, when they get taken out, it's because one steer gets spooked by something and runs through it. Well, then everyone's like, well, Jim's, Jimmy's over there. I mean, okay, follow him. Nothing stops him. That fence is down. That fence is pointless. There's a lot of things in life that, that we would not necessarily ascribe to that we find ourselves in the middle of because other people are doing it. Because it seems like the norm. It seems like that's where the cool people are, right? Drugs, alcoholism, sex, pride. Yeah, pride. Pride is a big thing. When everyone else is doing something and you want to be a part of it and you want to feel like, like you're, you're really hot stuff, you, you cross over that line. You, you chase the standard that everyone else is presenting, right? The difference between that fence and the other fences is the poor that it hits you with. Oh, yeah, you can get poked by a barbed wire and you're going to live. I mean, there's very few instances where it would, it would do the damage that an electric fence does. But if you do get hit with an electric, the, the damages are, are huge. But the thing is, is a lot of electric fences are, um, maybe it's like in northern Colorado, a lot of cornstalk pastures, a lot of pivots. You're next to highways, that'll kill you. You get a, on a lot of calls with, with situations where uh, a semi would be coming down from brush early in the morning and a, a bunch of steer road. Man, a, a Kenworth versus like 30 or 40 steers is a mess. And that's a big bloody Those are areas that, that yeah, you can, you can dabble in some of those things and, and get away with it, but your odds of, of damaging the rest of your life are really, really good. The last fence I'm going to talk about today is deck. So in this strange new world that we live in called Colorado, that's different than the Colorado that I grew up in, um, there's a lot of new people moving to the state, believe it or not. You guys probably see it on a daily basis. New subdivision here, new house there. I mean, heck, some oh, probably a good chance you guys, you guys may not even be from here. Well, I mean, we got... Montana, Kansas, and Texas, I mean, I don't, you, you guys are imports too, but with those new incoming, all this coming traffic, there's a lot of different styles that come from other places. And so out in like Mars or Pluto, they invented this stuff called vinyl fencing. Um, it's the worst, really ugly, it's really expensive, it's really fragile, it's really worthless, and I hate it. Other than that, it's really good. But they're about this big kind of squares, it's supposed to look or imitate um, not picket fence, but it's, a, it's got three rails, big square posts. Like, it is how much I dislike this stuff. But when it's out in the sun for a while, it gets really, 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 really brittle. Like, you, on a cold day, you flick that post, it'll just crack down lengthwise. So probably three or four years ago, I was over in Perry Park, a little farther north, had some yearlings over there, and uh, I watched a herd of elk come across this hill. 
you know, when get really their really prideful, chargey look, they just tip their head and they're just prancing across this field. And on them, it's a little bit foggy. There's dew on the grass, and they get to this this uh, white fence, and like, oh, this is gonna be cool. I'm gonna get to see like a hundred elk jump over this fence. Just kept trotting. Fence, boom, it's on in splinter. There's a little like a yearling calf running up right next to him, and he just kind of stops and just kind of starts bucking around like a little calf does. Runs down the hill, right through the fence, takes out another rail, and just kind of stopped, kind of milling around and stuff, and the bull started feeding. Well, there's this huge, like, you know, 30-yard gap in this fence now that's obliterated. Well, proceeded it there for about 20 minutes and watched these little calf elk running up and down the hill, smashing through fences. I guess that's something elk do besides walk around and eat grass, is they smash beautiful fences. I don't know exactly how much it costs to replace all of that, but the next time I was over there, there was an entire crew of workers taking all that fence out and putting in cable and uh, fence. Biggest waste of money is showy action. These deliberate fence-smashing escapades. You ever know so overly proud of their, their sinful ways of, of their choices? They almost try to cover up their guilt for, of something by being overconfident in it flaunting it by showing it off to all their friends maybe maybe a facebook post or a video or something or bragging about some party you were at and we were so drunk doing this and this and this. to me that's as a christian this is probably the fence ever as well as in real life it's the worst fence ever choosing to be proud of ignoring the price that christ, that christ paid to forgive us of it. to cross over that not only to to visit the other side but to deliberately make a show of destruction of those guys that is the most painful thing, I imagine, for, for Christ to see, to see us make choices like that. So how do we know which fence to build? How do we know what, what portion of our life needs some steel posts? What portions of your life just need cross fence? What portions of your life, probably most of our lives, just need really good wire fence? The thing is, is each one of these fences have a trade-off. You know, I can fence off a section of ground with electric fence in an afternoon on a four-wheeler. That same fence, barbed wire, take me, take me a while. Or, well, if it's a square, you know, you got four miles of fence. That's a pretty significant amount of work. What about pipe pins? Problem is, is we only have so much dirt. If all you're doing is building 80 yards of fence a week, pipe pins, you've got your life of unprotected boundaries, of lines that you don't know where are, of places that you cross over because you don't know the difference. But you may have one spot really well. Balancing those things, you know, as you get older, you get wiser, the more time you spend in the Word knowing where those boundaries are and working on those fences, the easier it's going to be to not cross over places that we're not supposed to be. I know my fail. sure you all do too. I don't need to tell you are. Deep down in your heart of hearts, every one of you knows what your number one weakness is, what your number two weakness is, what your number 15 weakness is, right? Search it out for yourself. You know, in, in the Old Testament, Joseph, in, with, with his, like this example so much, there's, there's a lot of uh, verses about resisting sin and, and choosing to do the right thing and pushing on and, and not falling to temptation. But what did he do when he was tempted? He turned and ran because that was the best way for him to get out of a situation that he knew he might fail in, was getting out of the situation. Maybe draw that where the water keeps taking the fence out, maybe that's a good place to stay out of. Maybe you need to pull across and back and change it to a place that's a lot easier to, to keep fence. Yeah, you may lose some freedom. You may lose a little bit of property. You may lose a little bit of grass in places that you can go. Well, what good is it if it gets taken out everything? What happens if it's rattlesnakes? Like, like die. Fences only last so long. I have some friends down in Florida, and uh, they said there's so much salt content in the, gra or in the ground down there that even steel posts 
will rust off in five or six years. Your entire fence, you just kind of pick up the post or bend it a little bit and it just snaps right off. That's crazy. If you live in that kind of environment, your fence isn't going to last very long. So you either need to do one thing is spend more time on upkeep of the fence. Spend more time word knowing, knowing where you need to be. Or two, switch materials and build a stouter fence, right? Or maybe move. Get out of that salty country, right? Crocodiles. Actually, no alligators. They don't have crocs down there. But up in uh, Nebraska, I had the pleasure of working up there for a while up in Hyannis. And that, that is the strangest country because they grow hedge trees there. I mean, it's just rolling grass and beautiful. I mean, it's the most beautiful place ever. Tons of water, that Ogallala Aqua, and swans and ducks. I mean, it is a really, really cool place. But I've never and I have seen more hedge posts in one area of the world than the place with no hedge trees. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. They all drive down to Oklahoma and, and Kansas and buy hedge posts to bring back up there. It's just kind of like their tradition. But almost that entire country is all hedge posts. There's even some logs that I've burned at my house right now over this last few snowstorms. And uh, one of them, what I got out my crosscut saw and cut it clean, and I counted the rings on it. Rings. I mean, that's a cedar tree. Man, that thing burnt like 12, 15 going the next morning. It was really good firewood. But the point is, is that that post lasted a long time. I guess where it's at in Colorado, where there is very little humidity, the, the ground pH is pretty neutral. There was not a lot of things to destroy that post, to destroy that fence. If you're living in a super humid place, if you're, if you're working at like a, a, a bouncer at a bar or something, and you're, you're used to being around temptation so much, it's going to be so much easier for, for your fences to get corroded, for your wire to wear out, for even other people to pull you across that fence. Every place has a nemesis in, in different, you know, here we have elk, here we have antelope. That's another thing, antelope, man. They will take out the bottom wire of your fence in no time flat. It's more or less annoying and inconvenient than anything because your fence will still hold positive. But if you got a lot of baby the antelope come through and take out your bottom wire, calves get confused and end up where they're not supposed to be. It's a royal pain. How does a fence become resilient? How does your fence become more immune to external factors, to the environment? Or doing a better job on you. You're buying used posts. You're buying half-rusted out wire rolls. Using those and putting them in as, as temporary fences, that's one thing. But if you don't go back and replace with quality equipment, you can't expect it to last long. And all of this, what is better than a fence? Because these fences will fail. These are all man-made fences. These are all us trying to keep ourselves from wrong, right? What's better than that? What draws us back to good place to that good mineral grass, water, and that beautiful lush valley that we should never, ever want to leave? I, I think when we turn out yearlings, I think they're... They have this, this mentality. Maybe that's what's in Ralgo, Ralgro, in the mentality of, I must leave this place. You can have the best grass. You can have the best everything. And they'll go visit someplace that has Why? No idea. I can't tell you how many steers I've pulled out. Well, there's a few of you guys. I've actually gathered uh, steers out of some of your pens because they get out on the road where there's no water and just walk and then be dehydrated and, you know, acting pretty poorly when you find them because they've decided to choose something that's not good for themselves. I don't know why. But why do we do the same thing? Why do we choose things that are bad for us? I know I do. I've done it many times. Christ. Christ is in that valley. And yes, the scriptures give us an example where we should not go, but also gives us ten times the amount of examples where we should, where we should spend our time, where our hearts need to be bound to. It's not, a, it's not locking in somewhere. It's a prison. This is a blessing. We get to stay in this beautiful valley in Montana with Christ. Outside storms, and I'm not... This isn't prophecy stuff, I'm, or not prophecy, prophecy stuff. I don't know, they're kind of the same. I mean, if you're a Christian and you spend time in the scripture, that everything's going to be easy, that everything's going to be marvelous and smooth sailing, because it's not. 
There will be storms coming. There's going to be like your fence. There's going to be buffalo and elk tearing out your fence, but it's your job to rebuild it. But just know that being abiding with Christ is exactly where we with our in our relationship with him, ultimate peace that comes that comes from him is irreplaceable. You're never going to find it over those pipe pins by killing somebody. Right? You're not going to find it in the other side of that cross fence pasture by speeding. I mean, I like going fast. Okay, I, I mean, I used to race a lot. Um, most of it on, on legal race tracks, but some of it not. And I promise you there is no peace that comes from that that compares with the peace that comes from living and abiding with Christ. John 15, 9 through 11. Just as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you, so abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made wonderful. To have everything you need in life, no cars, no drugs, no illicit, no speeding tickets, no murder charges, no beautiful bags of money from the bank that you robbed, can replace the peace that comes from, from knowing Christ. I'm sure all of you have chased possessions and chased valuables and belongings and adventures. I'm not saying any of those things are wrong. But compared to Christ's love, man, there's really nothing. The hope stories about, about fences and diffs to you as they do to me. They may only make sense to me and Mitch because we've spent so much time working on them. And as you I'm not as funny. I'm not as exciting as Kevin is. You guys always stare at me with super straight faces whenever I'm done. I'm like, man, I wonder if I made them mad. But I don't care. But I don't. I really don't. <laughs> but I love every one of you. And if there's anything I can take from my life and help others avoid the pitfalls that I have fallen into over and over again, I will bear all and humble myself and, and use myself as an example because that's what I need. I love everyone. I'm so glad you guys were here this morning. I have no idea where we're at even on time. I'm going to close with that. Appreciate you guys.